This is Laura Van Arendongba, and you're listening to To Write and Have Written, a writer's guide to the business side. This is an audio recording of the weekly live stream where you can join us each Tuesday on Twitch. Details and a schedule of upcoming guests and topics can be found at lauravab.com. Now to this week's episode. So I was going to be so proud of myself for remembering to turn my microphone on when I started tonight. And indeed, I wrapped around so hard that I failed into shouting into the microphone before my stream was up. That's where we are. (laughs) So, all right. Um, Hi, everybody. Um, Welcome to tonight's show. It is Tuesday and I am honestly together like an adult. That's where we are right now. So, okay. Get, uh, get things organized. Okay. Um, you know, really like yelling into the microphone. Um, and just to explain what was going on, my, um, my Doberman is having a, a nervous breakdown of sorts because the search team is here again tonight using the land outside using the acreage for search practice, which is great. That's all well and good, but she does not understand why, um, you know, why why there are strangers hiding on our property. So she's trying to tell me that we are being invaded and, you know, I should do something about this and I should let her do something about this. And I'm trying to explain to her that I know they're there and I have a video stream to do and she's not buying this. So that's what, uh, that's what was going on there. So yeah, apologies for the excitement and um, we'll, <laughs> we'll see if we can uh, stay on task and properly audioed going forward. So um, yeah, so yeah, Natalie's like, but the bank was on. So, you know, I did, I did achieve my goal. Criteria was met. I just need to set some new criteria about, um, you know, appropriate use of things. So there we go. All right. Um, let me get my other chat window organized here so I can see what you guys are saying. Um, I moved my, I moved my camera and this was a good thing, except now I've blocked my chat window. So, all right. Okay. Everybody in. Okay. Great. Great. Hooray. Okay. So the, the microphone adventure, as I was saying, is just kind of a continuation of my day. So, um, this afternoon, uh, my husband and I descended from our separate work environments and met in the kitchen um, for lunch. And I, you know, put a uh, frozen meal in the microwave because I'm very classy, and uh, that was today's lunch plan. And then I was doing dishes while the uh, while it ran, and and it stopped, and I went over and looked at it, and it was, you know, my my thing was still absolutely 100% frozen, and I was like, oh man, clearly I was distracted doing the dishes, and I, you know, for four minutes it ran not doing anything. I put it on the wrong setting or something. So I restarted it, went back, finished, you know, big deal. And, um, so then as it was wrapping up, I, you know, uh, I, it stopped suddenly, just suddenly stopped microwave, suddenly stopped running. And I restarted it and said to my husband, you know, that's the second weird thing that it's done. Like I just assumed that I had screwed up the first time, but it just suddenly stopped in the middle of running. That's a, that's the second weird thing that it's done. And husband said, stop it. And I turned around and like black smoke is flying out of the microwave, just belching this horrible smelling rack smoke. And so turn around, slam stop, you know, get everything, cut that out, you know, 
not on fire. I turned back to my husband. That's the third weird thing that it's done today. <laughs> so yeah, the microwave is no longer in the house where it can pose and a fire hazard. So, all right. So let's do, let's do tonight's, um, totally not disastrous topic today. All right. Um, I want to, uh, I want to mention to start with that this is, um, I, I have a lot of disclaimers to lead, to lead off with here today. Um, because this topic talking about self-sabotage and the fear of success, uh, is something that is going to potentially tap into some things that maybe scary. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk about things that are going to touch on identity. Identity is real scary, real touchy. Um, if you don't believe me, look around politics right now, <laughs> like how people view themselves is more important in many cases than how they view, uh, what's actually happening. So, um, I want to, uh, just put off and this, this is different than when we're talking about procrastination. Procrastination is a fear of failure, but it's a different complete, it's a fear of failure, not a fear of success. So, um, you know, I'm, I have these great dreams of these things I'm going to do, but I'm not going to start doing them because until I do them, they're still perfect in my head. It's another topic. We can deal with that another time. What I want to talk about now is when we actually sabotage ourselves and do not allow ourselves to succeed where we could, uh, because of perceptions and, uh, misconceptions and a lot of other things. Let me start by saying, I am not diagnosing anyone over the internet. I am not going to talk about actual psychiatric conditions. I am not going to talk about specific people. I am not going to talk about, you know, I am speaking to a green led, right? I know you're on the other side of it. I would love to hear back in the chat as we go. I want this to be very much of a discussion, but, um, I am in a couple of dozen, at least writers groups online, not counting, uh, IRL, you know, act, uh, in person groups that I'm in those groups. I have been in some of them, um, at this point, a decade, those groups may range from 30 people to thousands of people. I have seen all kinds of writers from the casual hobbyist trying NaNoWriMo for the first time to the career full-timer, um, who is making a living off their writing. So I've talked to people at conferences. I've talked to people at marketing meetups. I've talked to, you know, I just want to say that there are thousands of observations that are going into this talk. So I'm probably not speaking about any specific person. Um, if it feels like at any point that I am speaking about a specific person who might be you, dear, dear listener, um, I'm going to say it is more likely that you are possibly in a group of people about whom I am speaking. So where I'm going with this is nothing that I'm going to say here. If it, if it sounds scary or, or, or sensitive, um, then I want, I want to say this is none of this is personal. I am just putting stuff out here for you to consider on your own time and come to your own conclusions. So if they're think back to, uh, Cinderella, not the, not the, the sweet Disney version, but like the, the lovely old grotesque fairy tales, um, where the stepsisters really want to fit in the shoe, but their foot doesn't fit in the shoe. So they cut off toes and parts of the heel and all kinds of things trying to make the shoe fit. If the shoe fits you, please just take this opportunity to consider if that is a shoe that you want to fit. If the shoe does not fit you, 
then please don't cut off toes and then complain that your foot hurts. Okay, that's where I am. There we go. There's all the disclaimers. I have put that up front. So, um, so thank you guys. I am, I'm seeing in the chat that, you know, that yay, we're good. We're on the same page. So I appreciate that. But again, this is stuff that, you know, it's, I, I think about this stuff and it's sometimes I need to think about it in the car or with music or over dark chocolate. Okay. So I just want to make sure that we're all, none of this is ever personal. So, okay. So let's start with how we self-sabotage. And the reason I want to bring this up is this is something that I see a lot actually in the creative community. Um, and nobody, as far as I can tell is talking about it. Um, I believe this is both conscious and unconscious. And I think it happens unconsciously more than consciously. So that's why I want to bring it up so we can be aware of it, because if you're aware of it, you can at least make decisions about it. And if it's, if you're not aware of it, it's just going to keep happening. Excuse me. So there are a number of ways that, that this happens. And I'm just going to walk through in absolutely no particular order, um, the rough categories that I see, um, where this is happening. So, um, the first one is, I'm just going to call this the fear of change. Um, because that's honestly a pretty accurate (laughs) way to approach it. If I create something and it is successful, and I become a successful creator, heavy, heavy air quotes, because that is a definition that we don't have time to get into. Um, That's another topic. But for whatever reason, I have changed in my own self-assessment of my creativity, my ability, my success level, whatever. Um, That is change. And that is potentially a very significant change, depending on how I have approached this uh, hobby, career, you know, again, a number of things that'll influence this. The human brain is good at a lot of things. Welcoming change is not one of them. (laughs) Change is one of the things that the brain resists more than almost anything. And, um, you know, I think, again, I'm not, I'm not going to get terribly political, but you can look around and see 2020 is a year that has required a lot of changes. And you can see, I said, I told my husband back at the beginning of March, I said, oh my gosh, I'm looking forward. And this year is going to be all about who has adaptability, who is flexible and who is not. And, um, and that's going to determine how people handle this year. And looking back, I feel that was a pretty fair assessment. Okay. Um, and so a lot of those changes are we're resisting change. Um, you know, if I'm really trying to think of non-political examples, I swear. Um, but if, you know, in, in order for, uh, you know what, darn it, this, some, this stuff has been so politicized. There's no way to, to, to take, to safely say anything. Um, but if you've got, uh, you know, oh my gosh, this is a big and scary event, you know, a pandemic. Okay. That's, by definition, a major event. Um, and acknowledging that is too disruptive to my worldview and my level of comfort. So I am going to resist changes, you know, that, you know, to, I'm going to resist making changes because of that, because it allows me to live in denial. That's one tiny, highly politicized example. Um, so just where I'm going is, um, fear of change is huge. We see fear of change driving so much behavior in people. Um, 
unfortunately common um, but not political example would be abusive relationships where people don't get out of the abusive relationships because the change is scarier than staying in the relationship. And if they do get out, respectful, loving relationships feel so different that they are more likely to find the familiar abusive relationship because the brain does not adapt well to change. And there's a reason we have the phrase, the devil, you know, Okay, like better the devil you know than the devil you don't, because you know, between two bad things, I will take the bad thing I am familiar with because we don't like change. And this is um where I'm going is just the concept of life changing, of life being different is enough to slow some people down and not want to make a change, even if it's a change that they anticipate being for the better, it's still change. And Honestly, we're not that great at that. <laughs> so um, we can we can change, obviously. We can choose to make changes, all kinds of things that I'm not going to take the time because we've got a lot to do tonight to, to walk through. But I'm just going to say fear of change is one reason that we sometimes resist doing things that we might want, but we don't want the change that goes with them. Now, how much of that change is real and how much of that is perception, or I have talked myself into the idea that it will be a larger disruption than it really be, will be or anything like that. That's, you know, something to, to think about and explore. But the, I, you know, again, the idea here is just that just, just having a difference is enough for some brains to want to resist that. And sometimes there are some legitimate things to be concerned about. You know, if I am doing this as a fun hobby and suddenly I start making money off of it, does it become a job? Is it still fun? You know, and you've got questions to ask yourself there. And where I'm going with this tonight is great. Ask yourself those questions, come up with answers. Don't sabotage yourself so that you can't be successful because you haven't thought about, do I want this to be a hobby or a job? Okay. So, um, so there you go. Um, one that I, I can't figure out another way to say this. So I'm going to, I'm going to say it awkwardly <laughs> is the change. Um, you know, some people are worried about succeeding because they don't want the burden of success and the burden of success is a very weird phrase, but what I'm going to say there is what if people like it? What if people praise your work? And it's funny how many times I've had conversations with people like, Oh, you know, I don't want to pitch this at this conference or, you know, pick, pick whatever the scenario may be. Um, I don't want to submit this story. I don't want to do this. You know, what if they hate it? And I'm like, okay, what if they hate it? Like, what is the worst thing that happens? And if they hate it, they don't give you money for it. Okay. You know, your submission doesn't get taken. That's it. You've, you've lost the cost of an email. Like what's the worst thing that happens? And I'm like, okay, okay. That's reasonable. I'm like, and okay. Now let's turn around that around. What if people like it? And then you get this <laughs> reaction when people, are like, oh, okay, okay. So what if people like it? Is it the scary part of this question? Okay. So why just take a moment and wonder why is that scary? You know, is it that if people like your work, you will get more attention or you will get praise? Is that a bad thing? And if so, why? Um, again, just kind of sit and you know, work, work through this. Um, if having people like my stuff is a scary thing, 
ask yourself why that is. And, um, and I'm not telling you, oh, this is a good feeling or this is a bad feeling. I just want you to kind of think, you know, kind of think, oh, thanks, thanks Natalie for making that face with me. <laughs> my, my, um, but I've seen that happen so many times with the, you know, this, just the absolute freeze up of what if people like this guys, you are allowed to be proud of your work. Like, if you're producing work that you're not proud of, then yeah, don't send, don't send that off as a submission, right? Like be, be proud of the stuff you make. But if you're proud of it, you're allowed to be proud of it, right? Like you are a creator, you're supposed to create. Like that is literally in the job description. So don't, don't hold yourself back from being proud of something that you have legitimately done a good job with just going to leave that there. Okay. Um, and then the other thing that I'll throw out with the burden of success, let's, let's say that my wildest, most ambitious creator dreams come true. Um, my kin and kind comes out, it sells, you know, that's the third in my current series. So for whatever reason, the third book is the, is the magic one and it sells 26 million copies. It gets an Amazon Prime or a Netflix adaptation. It becomes a major theatrical film and Howard Shore scores it. I mean, I've, I've, you know, my, my favorite A-list actors are going to take the lead, you know, all of the, like, just go completely over the top with this. The most wild and crazy. I've got casual phone games based on my world. I mean, whatever. It goes absolutely insane. I am still going to be able to step out of my rideshare in whatever city I'm visiting because this is the future and we're traveling again and walk down the sidewalk and walk into a hotel or do whatever and not get mobbed on the street because nobody is going to recognize me. I am never, no matter what level of success I'm at, going to be the Beatles, okay? Like the burden of success is probably not as heavy as you're maybe anticipating it to be. Um, and, you know, it don't, you know, in my most unrealistic scenario, I am still living the same life that I'm living. All right. So don't cheat yourself out of doing well because you're worried about what happens if you do. Okay. I hope this is making sense. Throw me some, throw me some feedback. I, I got Kate agreeing with me that Howard Shore, that is my dream. Like that Howard Shore will score something, uh, some adaptation of my work. There we go. I have put that out for mockery or agreement or the universe to recognize whatever. <laughs> so that's out there. Um, but just, oh my gosh, Kate, you're, Kate's totally on top of where the next thing um, <laughs> this is going. What if they like it and I have to live up to that and produce something just as awesome? Okay, you know, as somebody trying to stick the landing in a series right now, I feel this really hard. <laughs> okay, I completely get this. Um, and I'm not going to lie, um, getting good feedback on book one was fantastic, but it made me worry about book two, but book two had a had a deadline, so that was great. And then book, book two, people said, oh, book two is good. People, we liked book two better than book one, so you're gonna, I can't wait for book three. And I'm over here going... Yeah, that makes several of us. Okay. <laughs> like I'm honestly, um, uh, you know, I, I get that because you do feel pressure. 
you feel pressure regardless if people, um, I'm going to say, uh, anytime you're making something, you're going to feel pressure. If, if I didn't, if I didn't have a book one or a book two, if I just had this book, I would still want this book to be good. Right. And if, if people don't like my next book, well, at least I liked my first book. Right. Also, there's quite a lot of people. We also have the phrase one hit wonder. Okay. And, um, you know, you have, um, you know, so many, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of Harper Lee who had one book for decades, but it was one amazing, very famous book. So, um, you know, it, I think it's, yeah, you, you, you definitely are going to feel pressure if you want to, you know, live up to your previous work. On the other hand, you did put out that previous work. So you clearly can live up to that previous work. Right. Um, and I go back to when in doubt, really sit down and consider the statistics. Is it likely that if my next book is not as amazing as my first book, that people are going to egg my house? Probably not. Probably what I'll hear is that wasn't as good as my favorite, you know, fill in the blank. And okay, you know what? Like, I feel the same way about other authors that I read. It hasn't stopped me from reading their, their books. I just have books that I like more than others. You know, I'm going to reread this one, but not that one. Um, it, I did not ever email everyone I know and say, I just read the latest from, and don't ever read one of their books again. <laughs> so, so, oh my gosh, one hit wonders laugh at us because at least they had a hit. That is one of my favorite quotes. And, um, as far as, uh, uh, that's a musical group. And, um, oh my gosh, Seeker, put the name of the group in there because I'm having a complete, complete mind blank. Um, one hit wonders laugh at us. Cause at least they had a hit. I mean, I can do that I in mean, my head. It's just not there. Okay. Darn it. Okay. Let's let me get back to my notes because I'm just getting distracted by the song lyrics because they're fun. Okay. Um, all right. Okay, so here's the next one that's going to be starting to step into touchy territory, um, if we haven't gotten there already. And that is, we're going to talk about identity and in particular to start with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, in particular to start with a kind of, I'm going to, I'm going to call this a victimization narrative because darn it, that's an accurate way to do it. So there are a lot of people who get through life, um, using as a coping mechanism that the reason things can be hard is because things are actively purposefully set against them. And if that makes you happy to live your life that way, I guess that's, that's your call. Um, that is a, this train thought song. Thank you. Um, so, uh, Alina had the, had this, the, the musical group. I, um, this is, this is why my chat being, uh, delayed from my, me, my train of thought is, is a problem. All right. Jumping back. Um, so you've got a victimization narrative going on where, you know, oh, I, it's, I can't sell my story because nobody likes uh, this topic, or I can't do this because my family doesn't support my efforts, or, you know, that sort of thing. If this story sells, and if the family then comes back and says, oh, that's great, we're so proud of you, what if the family is supportive. You have just changed the entire narrative um, 
there. And in some cases, it is worse to be wrong. It is, it is worse to be wrong about the worldview than it is to fail. We would rather fail than have to recognize that we need to change how we're viewing things. And that is a frustrating way to live. It's an incredibly frustrating conversation to have if, um, you know, and again, I'm talking from thousands of observations over years and years. So I'm not speaking of any person in particular, but I can say that on a number of occasions, I have been in a coaching kind of scenario and you, it is just incredibly obvious that, that the person was more attached to a worldview than to goals. And, you know, oh no, 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 I, I can't, I can't do that because you know, my, my family wouldn't like it. My friends don't like this kind of thing. I'm like, well, actually they just said this really supportive thing. Oh no, 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 no. That's not what that means. Okay. (laughs) Whatever. Um, so where I see how I, how you can see this happening. And this is, I'm just going to throw out some things that, that again, I observe and this is just for thought. Um, but if you have someone who has 40 positive reviews and then they get one negative review and either that completely derails everything. I can't, I can't enjoy those 40 positive reviews. I can't take that as valid feedback because there's one negative. I'm sorry. In what mathematical universe does one balance out to 40? Okay. Don't, don't, don't let that bully you. Okay. But I've actually seen people take their books off the market for that. Um, well, I got a negative review. Now it has to go down because, you know, there's no way to recover from that. And I knew it was, no, I knew it wasn't going to work out. I knew it was doomed to fail. Like, whoa, like this is not any kind of logical, rational thinking. This is pure. You are, you are defending your decision to fail at that point. Okay. Um, there are, in the behavior world, we talk about explanatory fictions. I'm going to bring some explanatory fictions over into the publishing world. This is where you'll hear explanations for why, why I can't succeed. And I'm just going to run through, I wrote down some of these because these are the ones that I hear a lot. Um, and I'm just going to run through them. (laughs) So no one will give self-published books a chance. Everyone wants cheap indie book books. So the odds are stacked against traditionally published books. Now with all the diversity buzz, no one is interested in books by white people. The market is biased against Christian authors. The market is biased against pagan authors. The market is biased against atheist authors. My genre is glutted. My genre has fewer readers. Independent bookstores hate self-published books, so there's no point in trying to work with them. Independent bookstores hate traditionally published books, so there's no point in trying to work with them. Big chain bookstores hate self-published... Okay. <laughs> and I was, any victim narrative for the market will work here. And this is where I get very frustrated um, as a person who's you know participating in this creative community because I will get online and I will see back to back in my social media, like sometimes right next to each other, the statements, the market is not friendly to left leaning books right now. And the market is not friendly to right leaning books right now. And I'm just, can you guys just get over yourselves? You know what the market is not the market is not friendly to writers who whine instead of fixing things and getting to work. Okay. That is a true statement, but the, the whole, you know, creating these explanatory fictions to why there's no point in trying or why I don't have to 
work harder because it's just going to fail or, you know, that kind of thing. You know, that's not, that's not helping anybody. So I, I'm, you can sum this up as yeah, but, okay. So, um, if there's, you know, oh, but you know, I, you, you've got this really great review here. Yeah, but I got a bad review. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> um, you, you know, you, you know, here's, here's a call for submissions for yeah, but I'm not the right demographic whatever that might be to, to get, you know, like submissions, use submit van blind submissions. I uh, frequently the, the complaints I hear, um, I see online in groups, um, about, well, they're not taking X demographic or Y, uh, gender or, you know, fill in the blank, but they're talking about places that are using blind submissions because I'm submitting to those places too. And I know how their submissions work. And, um, so no, it's not, the name of the author or the gender of the author or any of those things. Okay. The submissions are blind. It's the stories. Um, so part of the reason this makes me so angry is because these are promoting all kinds of misinformation for, uh, other writers in the community. You know, somebody else gets online and reads something about, Oh, the market is biased against X, Y, Z. And that makes it really difficult for, new people coming into the community to find good information about submissions or best practices or whatever, because all these explanatory fictions are showing up in the, in the online community. And, um, it's very frustrating. So one thing that I'm going to pull out as just a demo, because, um, because this is one that I, I just personally run into a lot is there's always, uh, somebody somewhere (laughs) complaining about, oh, we, we can't have, uh, religious content in a book, you know, there, if you show, uh, characters praying, you know, the, the general market won't tolerate that. That has to go to some specific, you know, uh, faith-based publishing house or, or something like this. And it's frustrating because this is such an obviously false statement. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to point out, um, my, my, my case study here is the hate you give, um, uh, from Angie Thomas, which is a great book and I recommend it. Um, sold a hundred thousand copies in its first month in print. So I'm going to call that a successful general market book. Uh, I don't know what you mean by successful, but last I checked it spent over 180 weeks on the New York times bestseller list. That is not a market rejection. That is a book that is full of family, uh, the family talking about religious content and the scene where the family is having a family argument by thanking Jesus for different things back and forth in the, in the, um, family prayer, uh, to disagree with each other. I was laughing out loud during that scene, but clearly that's a scene that includes prayer. So clearly prayer is allowed in a mainstream book, you know, so stop in a book that can be incredibly successful. Okay. So, so just let's, let's stop collectively. Let's agree to stop sharing misinformation as a, uh, excuse tool, you know, and there are, there are legitimate excuses. We'll talk about those, but you know, the, the, the explanatory fictions of why I shouldn't try or why I can't be successful or why I shouldn't bother or, or, you know, don't, don't rely on this false worldview to, um, to excuse your lack of effort. I'm just going to say that in this mean, meanly, um, because no, nobody is going to, is going to 
by a story that you're not submitting and saying, well, I can't submit it because of, no, it's not selling, not because it has this content or doesn't have this content or is or is not written by this type of person or whatever. No, it's not selling because you're not submitting it. Okay, there we go. Okay, so let me back up and say, obviously there are challenges that happen in a writing career. If there were no challenges, then we would not be having a streaming video on ways to address challenges in the business of creativity. So clearly there are challenges. Um, what I'm talking about here is specifically the tendency to lean on those challenges and promote those challenges, real or exaggerated or completely imagined, um, to prevent or to justify, um, failure to prevent, you know, or excuse the lack of good management or to justify failure. So that's, that's, that's where I'm going. Okay. All right. The other thing, and this is going to sound very weird, but I do see it happen. Um, and that is to avoid failure by deliberately failing. And this sounds weird, but hang with me for a second. And I think you might recognize it. Excuse me, I'm sneaking my my drink from my emergency food run since uh, since I didn't have a microwave and I hadn't planned to actually make food tonight, so we had to make an emergency food run. Okay, so in this this scenario is where people are so afraid of failing that they will deliberately sabotage themselves so that they know they failed on purpose, not failed because they tried. Therefore, it's not for real failing. I meant to fail. I failed ironically or something like that. Um, and you can sum this up as if I didn't try my hardest, then I didn't fail. And I get that. This is a very much a protective mechanism. It's also really sad because it means you will never ever succeed like you could because you're not allowing yourself to actually try. So this is the writer equivalent to the guy who wants to wear something that's not mainstream fashion, but he doesn't really want to have to commit to wearing it or admit that he actually likes it if somebody makes a joke about it. So he will wear it ironically. All right. Hey, you know what? I'm busy right now. Go away. Go away. Shoo. Look, get up on the chair. There you go. Okay. Good job. Sorry, we have Doberman interruption. Um, so I had a friend um, some time ago who could never ever recommend anything. Uh, if you asked her for, <laughs> um, hi, you're extremely helpful here. Sorry. Um, if you asked her for, okay, what's a, what's a good book about, or what's your favorite movie or, you know, whatever, it would always, always come up as, well, this title is good for people who like sort of that, that sort of thing. And she would never actually just admit that she liked something. She always had to have a barrier so that if somebody else didn't like it, she hadn't not liked the cool thing, right? This is, um, this is what we're dealing with here and, and just, just commit. Okay. Like the thing. Um, and don't sabotage yourself so that you can't succeed. So that way you didn't really fail either. It's just, it's just so much shortchanging. If you think back to middle school and you know, there's the guy in class and he likes the girl in class, 
but he doesn't know if she's going to like him. So what she does is, what he does is he calls her name so that she will definitely notice him and he gets to see, he gets some interaction with her, but she doesn't like him because he's called her names. But, but also it's not that she didn't like him. It's that she didn't like the names he called her. So she's definitely not going to go with him now or whatever it is the kids say these days, but that's okay because it wasn't because he tried to go out with her and he was unlikable. It was because he called her names and that's why she didn't like him. Okay. And you're like, oh my gosh, what a terrible way to live your life. Yes. <laughs> that is as where we are. So the whole thing here is that the reality is not that these people didn't fail. It's that they ensured their failure and they have convinced themselves that intentional failure is more palatable than the possibility of unintentional failure. And I've, you know, I've, I've known a number of people like this who were, who were close friends and, um, it's just a really hard way to live. Um, so what I'm doing here again is I'm just emphasizing again, I'm just raising possibilities. Like these are things that I have seen, um, in multiple people over a wide, wide spread of observations. Um, and my goal here is not to tell people, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm not calling anyone out. I'm not telling anyone how to live their life. What I'm saying is, you know, if something is closer or too applicable or something, you know, just take some time and think about it and just make a inform, make an informed decision. You know, if you want to say, picking something at random, actually, no, I'm much more interested in having this as a hobby as a, than a career. Great. You made a call. You made a conscious decision. That's all I'm after. What I don't want is, you know, man, I wish I had done something with this, you know, passion that I have, but I never let myself do it. Okay. Like just, just make the decision. So, um, I, I just, I get very frustrated. I'm an idealist, which is a bad way to be in 2020, but I get very frustrated when I see people bemoaning a lack of success that I see they could have if they let themselves. But, you know, they're sabotaging to make sure that it will never happen. And that's unfair to them. It's unfair to the people who are trying to, you know, to, who are offering help when asked because that help is not actually wanted. It's unfair to the rest of the community who is frequently getting misinformation about things. So, um, you know, I, I don't want I don't want to see disinformation spread to new writers. I don't want to see community conversations shut down with, um, you know, wallowing self pity. <laughs> okay, and you know there are definitely areas in the writing community that I have left because there are lots of questions. You know, oh, why doesn't this sell? Why doesn't you know? Why isn't this working? I, I wish this could happen. And they ask for resources, but every one of those resources is met with a yeah, but, and like, okay, you know what? There's a lot of us who aren't going to waste our time here anymore because it's not, it's not helpful to anyone to, to keep feeding this. So things to be aware of comparisons are not fair at all, um, for a lot of things. And I'll just, we don't have time to go into all of that. So, um, but just comparisons of, you know, Hey, I, I sold a story in March and my friend sold a story in March and my friend has, uh, written three sequels since then and sold six more, you know, things. And, and I haven't, okay. You know what? There's, there's lots of different 
There's lots of reasons that that could be. Um, and it's not fair to either of you to, to put in those comparisons without uh, other things as well. So we'll talk about that in another, another episode because, um, that's a huge, huge topic on, uh, on whatnot. So, um, oh my gosh. Yeah. So they're like the dog that doesn't want to get off the porch because the nail they're lying on isn't uncomfortable enough to get up. Yeah. That's, that's really the thing is, um, you know, and, and you know what? I have been there. All I'm saying is just make a conscious decision. No, you know what? I choose to stay on the nail. Great. That's your choice. That's all I'm, that's all I'm asking you to do. Um, I'm also going to say, you know, excuses aren't helpful, but I'm going to emphasize there are, there are, there is a time when an excuse is legitimate. Sometimes there are extenuating circumstances. 2020 for a lot of us is an extenuating circumstance. If you were here uh, some weeks ago when I talked about creating in 2020 and, you know, when you've got this kind of mental uh, load going on from, you know, from non-typical life and how that will affect your creative endeavors. Yeah, that's legitimate. Okay. Um, you know, you've lost a job, you've had a death in the family, you know, whatever that, that those are legitimate extenuating circumstances. Those are, um, those are not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about taking a real thing and exaggerating it or making something up completely to, uh, to justify not trying. Okay. That's where I'm going with there. So, Some other time we will talk about setting goals, how to identify your goals that you want that are not necessarily relevant to my goals um, and how to be honest with the goals. I'm just saying, just be honest with yourself. That's the good way to do it. It is totally fine to have tiers of goals. Um, you know, I've got my, my entry level goal, my stretch goal, my really stretch goal, my, I'm going to have a movie and Howard Shore is going to score it goal. Okay. Like it is fine to have levels of, of ways to do this. And, um, I know goals are scary. I know, (laughs) but they're also helpful. And the good thing about setting tiers of goals is I don't just have like one and done, right? Is, and I either made it or I failed. I can have a lot of goals at different levels so I can be achieving something while I'm still working towards something else. So goals are a whole nother topic that we will spend time on some other time, but have tiers of goals, have sequential goals, have dream goals versus practical goals. You know, you can, you can set up all kinds of things. It is completely okay to make practical decisions. Hey, my car broke down this month, so I don't have the money to sink into the marketing campaign that I was going to do where I was going to do this big ad blitz or something. Um, that's just called being a responsible adult. Okay. That is completely legitimate. Um, that that's not the kind of excusing that I'm talking about here. Right. Um, so again, it's, it's, there are, there are real life challenges. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about keeping yourself from investing time, energy, hope, whatever the resources are. Um, and again, what I'm the, the take home, the sum up here is just make conscious decisions, whatever those decisions are, if you've made them and they're right for you, fantastic. They don't have to be the decisions I would make. All I'm asking is for you to make a conscious decision rather than letting unconscious fear sabotage your own work.
So that's, that's what I'm after. So yeah. Um, we'll see if anybody's still, <laughs> still with me at this point, if I scared everybody off. Um, again, I, my, my goal here is, um, is just if, if I said anything that sounds vaguely familiar, just take that somewhere when you don't have to deal with my voice and, and sit with it and see where that goes. And if it's, doesn't apply to you. Great. Let it go. And if you decide, Oh, I kind of, I kind of made me see that, you know what? Just make some conscious decisions about it. That's all I'm after. All right. And that's what I've got. <laughs> so if you guys have question or comments to throw into the chat, um, I've, I've gone, gone through, uh, my soapbox worth of notes and, um, and that's what I have for this week. Next week is the many uses of NaNoWriMo, what it is good for and what it is not good for. Um, so that'll be another one where I'll probably step on some toes, but honestly, I think those toes need stepped on. So <laughs> ready, ready to go with that. Um, and if you are, um, just joining me, I know we have some, some new people the last week or two. Uh, if you have an Amazon prime account, you can support this show endeavor thing whatever um by by using your amazon prime free twitch subscription to uh support the channel without paying a penny which is a great way to do it um also you can just subscribe that's another way to do it um also i have you we get all the replays on youtube and i have a ko-fi and and all of that so yes nanorimo and nanorimo is uh next week's next week's topic is um you know, oh my gosh, I would, you wouldn't think, hey guys, let's have fun doing something together would stir up so many controversial opinions, but hey, humanity, that's what we're good at. So, uh, I kind of want to respond to, um, I feel like I have some insight here <laughs> that I would like to share and respond to some of the criticisms, but also give some more pragmatic, um, expectations in some areas. So that's where we're going. Okay. Yeah, it was a, it was a bad, um, it was a bad week for toes. We chopped toes off to fit in shoes. We stepping on toes about NaNoWriMo, you know, it's just bad week for toes. So, okay. That is what I have. Thank you guys for joining me. And, um, yeah. So next week with NaNoWriMo after that is, um, Carla Hoke with, from Fight Right. And we're going to talk about fight scenes and probably fighting some zombies or something else. If you have a favorite Halloween creature you would like us to take on, you can let me know about that. Um, and after that, I believe is our create-in, and then we'll reset with our weekly themes. So, oh, I do want to mention one other thing. The first Tuesday in November is here in the U.S., Election Day, and a bit of a dramatic Tuesday, and I am... Um, <laughs> celebrating. I don't know if celebrating is the right word. I am marking that day. I will be doing an all day charity live stream on Twitch. Um, details about that will be coming out, but basically I will be online all day. I have a few interviews, um, about creativity and, um, publishing and whatnot set up. Um, all of those, almost all of those, not all, almost all of those are international. Um, so that'll be, that'll be a fun, uh, break <laughs> for, for some of us on that Tuesday. Um, and then the other hours that I'm not doing with interviews are going to be live creating. And that's going to be a ride because I am not a person who I don't even write in coffee shops. Like that is too much public social pressure. 
uh, to create in, um, in a, and so I'm going to do it live on streaming video in front of the entire internet. Is this about stretching yourself? I think I said something about stretching myself. Yeah. So um, anyway, look for details on that as it comes. And um, and yeah, it will be, um, Natalie's like, a good way to distract myself. Yes. I'm going to make that um, as friendly as an, as an environment as possible um, because I too am going to need a way to distract myself. So, and, and we're going to be supporting some really good charity uh, options there. So as the plan and I'll have giveaways and all kinds of good stuff. So just stay tuned for commentary on that and see again, all the details. So that is what I have. And I know I keep saying I'm wrapping up, but for real this time I am honestly wrapping up. So thank you guys very much. And I will see you next Tuesday for the many uses of NaNoWriMo. Okay. Take care. Thank you for listening. You can find details on the weekly live stream, upcoming guests and topics, subscription and support information, and more at lauravab.com. Your shares, reviews, and support are very much appreciated. Until next time.